Welcome to The Veteran Doctor. This podcast is for everyone interested in improving their knowledge on veteran-centric topics. Veterans have dedicated their lives to serving their country, so now it's our turn to serve them as they transition back into their civilian lives. One thing that's been discovered is that there's a lack of knowledge in the availability of resources and how to properly navigate the social systems available to veterans upon exiting the military. This podcast purpose is to bridge those gaps of knowledge and guide veterans to resources and the much-needed information they so deserve. The Veteran Doctor is hosted by Dr. John Heinzelman, who has a master's degree in sports and performance psychology and a doctorate of philosophy in psychology, where his specialty lies in research psychology. He is also a retired Army Airborne Infantry veteran with 22 years of service. So sit back, relax, and enjoy The Veteran Doctor. So, we're at the tail end of the holidays, and coping with PTSD can genuinely be difficult during the holidays. Many people sometimes feel the burdens of stress during this time of the year. Typically, holiday stress can cause you to experience PTSD-related symptoms such as overstimulation, depression, and anxiety. You can still learn coping strategies that can help you enjoy the holidays, manage your PTSD carefully during the holiday season, by planning ahead, finding creative and healthy ways to deal with the stress, and choose thoughtful visits with family and friends. Here are some ways to plan ahead. Number one, have realistic expectations. Popular culture romanticizes that the holidays are a time when the world is perfect and everything right. But for many, the reality is very different. November and December, can be an emotional and financially stressful time, especially if you are dealing with PTSD. Accept the fact that the holidays may never feel the same as it did before the trauma occurred, and do not expect that the holidays will make your stress, sadness, and negative memories go away. Ensure that you consider the triggers that may set off your physiological, mental, and behavioral reactions. These triggers might include being around certain people, crowded stores, lights, and other aspects of the holidays. Number two of planning ahead, talk to people who are close to you. Let your family and friends know why the holidays are difficult for you and what they can do to help you out. If any aspects of the holiday seasons may upset you, give them notice ahead. Being honest can help your loved ones understand and know how to help support you. Many people do not understand PTSD. If you do not explain how you feel to them, they may take it personally if you are not happy or you do not want to celebrate. Talk to the people you trust. If a family or friend has a history of being unsupportive, consider why. Perhaps they simply do not understand PTSD. This could be potentially resolved by having a supportive family member or friend discuss the effects of PTSD on the individuals during the holidays. Number three of planning ahead. Think about your limits. You know yourself and your needs better than anybody else. Before the holidays, 
Give some thought to what you can and cannot handle. Do not feel obligated to participate in any celebrations or rituals that will stress you out or bring back painful memories. It is not your responsibility to make other people happy at the cost of your mental health. Number four, communicate your boundaries to others. Decide which events and traditions you can participate in during the holidays and which ones you would rather not. Consider factors like the event's duration, who will be there, and what will you expect to do. Ensure that your family and friends know to eliminate any last minute surprises. If you are uncomfortable telling someone why you will not be at the gathering, it is okay just to say you cannot make it. Finding coping strategies. Number one, know your triggers. Triggers are circumstances that aggravate PTSD symptoms, and they are usually different for everyone due to their individual experiences and perception of their trauma. Anything can be a trigger, including people, dates, locations, sounds, and even smells. Being aware of your individual triggers will help you avoid them until you can develop coping strategies. If you are not sure of what triggers are, keep track of the places, events, and patterns your PTSD symptoms worse. Log any notes in a journal to help you remember what to avoid or to anticipate. Number two of coping strategies, use grounding techniques. Grounding is the practice of using focus and the physical world that surrounds you. It helps calm you down and prevent flashbacks in situations of stress. Showering, exercising, and holding a comforting object are several ways you can ground yourself. While at home, practice using grounding techniques when you feel anxious. Try splashing some water in your face. Count to 20 slowly while taking deep breaths. Or name the different smells, colors, or shapes you see in the environment around you. All of these techniques help you focus on your physical surroundings. You will quickly discover which ones work best for you at home or away in the public. Number three coping strategy, finding ways to relax. Feeling physically and mentally stressed makes it challenging to cope with stressful stimuli. Let go of your stress by exercising relaxation techniques. Deep breathing, meditation, and muscle relaxation are techniques that you can help you let go of your physical tension. To help relieve mental stress, try writing in a journal or meditating. Relaxation is very subjective to the individual who is experiencing it. Many feel it may translate to taking a candle and lighting it, watching a fire, a 20 minute nap, or taking a relaxing bath. Choose a few different activities that can be done at home and on the go so you can have different techniques to stay calm and relaxed. Relaxation techniques combat stress the best when they are used routinely. It is also helpful to create a stress relief toolkit 
to take with you when visiting family, on vacation, or to employ the night before a big event at work. Meditation is a great way to help with relaxation. It can even help your body release beneficial chemicals such as oxytoxin, endomorphins, dopamine, and serotonin. The same chemicals that promote the sense of happiness and well-being. So you may want to consider making meditation a part of your daily routine during the holidays too. Number four of coping strategies. Volunteer your time. It is very therapeutic for many people with PTSD to spend part of their holidays helping other people who are having difficulties. Consider contributing your time at a soup kitchen, homeless shelter, or shelters for abused women. If you feel lonely or have a lost holiday spirit, you may find that volunteering may be incredibly beneficial. Interacting with family and friends. Number one, spending time with people who support you and love you. When you are dealing with PTSD, social support can make a huge difference in how well your holidays end up. Seek out family and friends who try to understand your condition and care about you. Arrange your holiday schedule to minimize the amount of time you spend around unsupportive and stressful people. Number two, create new rituals. If traditional holiday celebrations are painful and difficult, you can find different ways to make holidays meaningful. Develop a new tradition to let you honor the season without causing situations that trigger your past trauma. This will help you heal and come to appreciate the holidays all over again. New traditions can include volunteer work, new food, quiet one-on-one -on -one visits with family and friends, or rituals designed to give you closure to your trauma. Number three, bring a grounding activity to family gatherings. Family holidays, parties, can be noisy, crowded, and chaotic. To avoid becoming overwhelmed, bring something small to keep you active and help you keep centered in the present moment. Try bringing a Rubik's Cube, a knitting project, a game, or a jigsaw puzzle. Number four, avoid drinking too much alcohol. When you are drunk, you might not be in a state of mind to use the proper coping strategies in stressful situations. PTSD also puts you at an increased risk for alcohol addiction. Drink reasonably, or even better, avoid alcohol altogether. Additionally, alcohol interferes with SSRI medications, which are commonly prescribed for PTSD. Number five, take breaks often and leave early. If you start to feel anxious, do not hesitate to take a quick break. Find a quiet place where you can read, meditate, or breathe deeply for a few minutes. If you still find yourself that you cannot relax, leaving early may be the best way to keep yourself from getting too anxious. If you are at a family gathering with a spouse, consider taking two cars so you can leave early without disrupting everything.
this week we have some new content. It's called UBI. You're like, oh no, another acronym. UBI can be looked at from a two, two different perspectives. Useless bits of information or useful bits of information. It all depends on how you look at it. And I searched around for some of this and I thought I'd go back to our old military days and look at all the equipment we were issued throughout the years. So let me know what you think. I found the eight most useless pieces of gear issued in the military. Number one, the mosquito net. Very useless. Number two, the Army Cold Weather Mask. Maybe some of you remember that. Number three, the Black Beret. Number four, the Sun Wind Dusk Goggles, Iraq and Afghanistan. Number five, NBC gear. Oh my God, wow. Number six, black leather gloves with wool liners. Number seven, M65 field jacket. And number eight, load bearing equipment. Wow, that's a list. If you have any more to add, let me know. I'll add them. More UBI. 11 U.S. military historical facts that might just intrigue you. Number one, the Army is older than the U.S. Even if by just one year, the U.S. Army is older than the United States, the Continental Army was officially established and led by George Washington in 1775 before the establishment of the United States of America in 1776. Number two, Coast Guard Reserve Service used to be unpaid. Around World War II, an act of Congress mandated the Coast Guard use unpaid civilians to help protect waterways in their own motorboats and yachts. The Auxiliary and Reserve Act of 1941 changed the reserve into an active branch and developed a civilian reserve service that's known as the U.S. Coast Guard Auxiliary. Number three, nuclear aircraft carriers named after U.S. presidents. In 1998, the U.S. Harry S. Truman became the first Nimitz-class aircraft carrier to be named after U.S. presidents. The nuclear-powered carrier main voyage took place in November 2000. Its first major deployment covered no more than 44,000 nautical miles. Number four, the swastika wasn't always a symbol of evil. More often known for its Nazi affiliation, it's important to note that the swastika was formerly a widely used Native American symbol of good luck. It was also worn by the 45th Infantry on their left shoulder in recognition of many Native Americans in the division until 1933. The association with German National Socialism 
requirement, its, its abandonment, and the Thunderbird was adopted instead. Number five, Veterans Day is held on a meaningful day, Armistice Day, or the end of World War I, occurred on the 11th month, on the 11th day, at the 11th hour, on November 11th. Originally, this was known as Armistice Day, but it was changed in 1954 by President Eisenhower to Veterans Day instead. This is why we hold tributes for veterans on November 11th, Veterans Day. Number six, Lincoln signed the Medal of Honor into creation. Back in the 1800s, Iowa Senator James W. Grimes created a bill to promote the efficiency of the Navy, while also authorizing the creation of the Medals of Honor. After President Lincoln signed the Navy Medal of Honor, 200 medals were produced and distributed. The first recipient was Private Jacob Parrott in 1862. Since then, more than 3,500 individuals have received the honor, the highest award for valor in action. Number seven, the P Department of Defense is old. The Department of Defense, the DOD, is responsible for for providing the resources our armed forces need to protect the United States. It's been around forever too. Congress established the War Department in 1789, which now is better known as the Department of Defense. Number eight, physics played a role in military intelligence. The book and movie, The Men Who Stare at Goats was based in the US military funded paranormal research called remote viewing. Part of the Stargate project, physics performed parapsychic intelligence and research operations for the military from 1972 to 1995. The program shut down after 20 plus years of operation. Number nine, dogs played a critical part of military operations. In every major conflict, dogs work side by side with our U.S. soldiers, but their work wasn't officially recognized until World War II. During World War II, Doberman Pinschers worked as scouts and messengers in the Pacific Theater. Today's military working dogs are a valued part of military operations. In fact, fully trained bomb canines are worth upward of $150,000. Number 10, women have always been involved with the military. Women have held many roles in the U.S. military since its inception. George Washington employed a woman spy, Agent 355, during the Revolutionary War. Surprisingly, her true identity is still unknown. The first black woman to enlist in the U.S. Army was Kathy Williams under the pseudonym William Cathy in 1866. Number 11, America has declared war 11 times. Although the U.S. has been at war for 93% of its existence, we've only formally declared war 11 times. This includes five separate conflicts, the war in 1812, the war with Mexico, the Spanish-American War, World War II, 
in World War One. Some more new content for the program is called Veteran News. So on 17 December, Nikki Wentling released in Washington that Congress approved a bill Wednesday that increases resources for homeless veterans. The Department of Veteran Affairs Advisory Committee for Native American Veterans and mandates that every VA hospital will hire a dedicated women's health provider among dozens and other measures. The legislative package, which lawmakers described as an end-of-year omnibus bill for veterans, is over 340 pages long and includes numerous provisions for female veterans, Native American veterans, homeless veterans, student veterans, and veterans experiencing the effects of toxic exposures and those effects by coronavirus. Another article was released on 15 December by Nikki Whitling in Washington that the Department of Veteran Affairs released a final plan Tuesday detailing the order of which veterans and staff will receive coronavirus vaccines in doses that are more widely available. The VA is undertaking a plan to distribute vaccines to more than 418,000 employees and 10 million enrolled patients, a task one that the VA official called a Herculean effort. The department received 73,000 doses of Pfizer vaccine this week and vaccinated its first patients Monday. A 96-year-old World War II veteran living in the department's long-term community living center in Massachusetts. Residents and staff of those community living centers as well as VA spinal cord injury centers will be the first of, of many vaccinated. There will be about 17,500 veterans living in those centers across the country. After the first vaccines are distributed, the VA will shift its focus to vaccinating VA employees who treat coronavirus patients. This includes emergency department staff, the healthcare workers in coronavirus intensive care units. VA employees have provided life-saving coronavirus care to thousands upon thousands of people, and the department continues to play a crucial role in the country's response to the pandemic. Dedicated professionals across many fields 
contributed to this plan, which will ensure a safe, evidence-based, and equity-focused vaccine rollout in the VA frontline workers and veterans. After those phases of distribution, the VA will vaccinate veterans and staff living in other care facilities and don't yet have access to vaccines. The department estimates that 20,000 veterans will be included in this group. According to the plan, the VA is not responsible for providing vaccines to state-run veterans' homes, many of which are experiencing deaths, deadly outbreaks of the virus. If state-run veterans' homes want help vaccinating residents, they'll have to request assistance through federal emergency management agencies. The VA could then be called to provide help under the fourth mission to serve and back up the American medical system. So another new content item of the program is what we call shout outs. Uh, whenever we get new members in the program, we're gonna add in a section to where we welcome the new members and thank them for becoming members of the programs and also sponsors and partners that are supporting our program monetarily or through other means. So we're gonna mention them here, thank them for being part and welcome them to our program. So this is the section in which we'll say thanks and welcome. So if you wanna hear your name on the program, become a member, become a partner or a sponsor. We'd love to have you a part of the team. be about the podcast patron sponsorship program as you may already know the focus of the veteran doctor is on veteran centric topics the process of research and information dissemination can be daunting at times with the maintenance of literature books websites blogs podcast episodes and other administrative necessities this ultimately takes time, resources, and marketing to support veterans and their needs. We have just started this podcast and are really excited about the process of podcasting and how much potential it has to impact the veteran population and its dissemination across the nation. To carry on and improve this podcast, we would hugely be grateful to anyone who can support us in our growth. We are looking to expand and improve the quality of the podcast and find this much easier with a bit of support. So if you think you're getting a few dollars worth of entertainment a month from us, we would greatly appreciate you throwing it our way so we can invest in the Veteran Doctor. We offer different rewards for different pledge obligations, so please see which one may fit your liking. Once again, we really appreciate your support and all the veterans out there who benefit from this program 
appreciate it as well. The first collective goal we're trying to reach is monthly pledges in the amount of $500 collectively. There are certain milestones you hope to reach with every goal you set and what you will uh, do with the funding. The first is helping pay for ongoing production costs, hosting fees for websites, blogs, and podcasts. Number two, help purchase rewards for patron supporters. Number three, offset marketing costs for websites, blogs, and podcasts. And number four, help buy new equipment and technologies to improve the podcast sound and quality. There are also many different rewards for donations and their donation amounts. Donation amounts range from $1 to $50 a month. The rewards include one to more of the following items, including lists depending on the level of monthly donations. Some examples include rewards to a simple thank you on the show or the site, a thank you email, early access to new episodes, uh, swag like t-shirts, bumper stickers, pins, or pens. A patron can read a short message on the show. Call, call in on a special guest, or a patron can determine the next show topic. There's many perks and many rewards. next portion of the show we're going to talk about my upcoming book the new book release is going to be in january 2021 it's called the veterans resource and transition guide i'll be releasing it on amazon ebooks and the book is written to help veterans with research knowledge and resources with their transition back into civilian life and beyond the current problem with our society demonstrates that many veterans when they transition out of the military, do not have the knowledge, training, or resources to reintegrate back into civilian society properly in their efforts to survive. They do not know where to go, what to do, and do not even have a plan to survive in the civilian world. This guide is intended to educate, provide evidence and research, and provide knowledge and resources to veterans in the effort to gain a better understanding of the dynamics of veteran issues and help veterans understand and survive their transitional experience after military separation. The purpose of the Veteran Reintegration Guide 
is to provide a one-stop and quick reference source of research, knowledge, and resources for veterans to easily reference in their effort to help educate veterans on the issues and process of transitioning out of the military, what to do once they get out, develop a plan, and provide resources to help make life a little easier during and after that experience. Additional information has been added for survivors benefits for surviving widows and a military 101 class to help educate the civilian workforce on military culture and lifestyle. An additional intent of the guide is to make it a living document by taking input from readers and providers on information and resources, making annual updates for veterans on ever-changing developing processes of transitioning and resources. This guide will provide a resource of knowledge to veterans helping guide them through their journey of transition. Another resource I want to make known to you is uh, the website and website blog that I have available on my author site that was released recently and is available for viewing at www.johneheinzelman.com. That's J-O-H-N-E-H-E-I-N-T-Z-E-L-M-A-N.com. This site will provide the latest and greatest information on the latest literary works that I have available. Another feature available on the website is the Veteran Blog. The Veteran Blog provides veterans with information on veteran-specific topics that affect everyday life, whether challenging or life-enhancing. The purpose of this site is to keep veterans informed and help improve their knowledge. Subscriptions are available for monthly, weekly, and unlimited access to this blog information depending on the veteran's informational needs. The future of this site will include audio, video, and classes depending on the veteran's informational requirements. Well, this will conclude our podcast for this week. Remember, we welcome feedback on this podcast. We want to improve with your new ideas. So contact us at info at johneheinzelman.com. That's J-O-H-N-E-H-E-I-N-T-Z-E-L-M-A-N.com. So, hopefully you enjoyed this week's podcast at the Veteran Doctor. I hope you'll come back and visit us next week. Next week's episode will be called The 10 New Year's Resolutions for Veterans. So until next time, take care, be safe, enjoy your holiday, and have a good one.